Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Weekend full of sports in the books. Baseball actually took the weekend off, but they'll be back at it today. American League Division Series today, National League Division Series tomorrow. Basketball, the Lakers got beat. You know, they haven't swept anybody in the playoffs yet, so why would they sweep the heat, right? Lakers uh, won each of the first three playoff series 4-1, to one, and now they're up 2-1. to one. I expect tomorrow night in Game 4 they'll have a, a lot more urgency. I would think that they would be uh, pretty fired up not wanting to get this to 2-2. Two to two. Get it to 3-1, to one, give yourself three closeout games, and of course try to win it right away so you can leave the bubble and go home. And be done with that, right? Uh, and uh, Jimmy Butler just had an awesome game. Got to got to give Jimmy the old shout out there because that was a forty point triple double, a spectacular. But you got to win four out of a seven in a series. Do they have another path to victory, or does he have to do that three more times? Because I don't think he's doing that three more times. And Anthony Davis was off. I expect his scoring will go way back up. Uh, the NFL this weekend, of course, the, the really big game I was looking forward to got moved to tonight. So we kind of have a Monday Night Football doubleheader. They'll overlap somewhat, so it'll be a Monday Night Football game and a half. Uh, Chiefs and the Patriots, but without Cam Newton to take some of the zip out of that, too. I was really looking forward to that game. You know, the 3-0 Bills got to 4-0. Uh, nice win over the Raiders in Las Vegas. you got to give it to them. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, the Bills have been so down for so long. Everything they do now is a superlative, you know. Uh, I was reading a list of them. Uh, you know, first time they've had 30 points in a game, three times in a row, whatever. It's just all of those. It just shows you how long the Bills have been down and how long it's been since they did anything that was uh, really good, really entertaining, really, uh, you know, special, different. Uh, Seattle, cross country to Miami. Is that the longest road trip possible, or is L.A. to New England longer? I don't know. Whatever. Seattle gets the win. Russell Wilson's got them rolling. Seattle is 4-0. That was a, uh, that was a nice win for them. Just kind of, you know, you got to go on the road, grind them out. You're not always going to be brilliant. Um, a team that isn't 4-0 but is 3-1, Cleveland. 3-1, Cleveland. Am I going to have to take you serious, Cleveland? Are you going to keep this up? I know you beat the NFC East, and I know the NFC East is dreadful. They beat the Cowboys. They didn't beat the NFC East, but they beat a team in the NFC East. Uh, should I really buy into that? I don't know. Uh, and the Saints got back to 2-2 two and two after a dreadful start. The uh, They got the win over Detroit. Started slow, dominated the middle of the game, gave up some late scores. It didn't matter. And Tampa Bay climbed out of a 17-point lead. Although Tom Brady, you got to quit throwing pick sixes. What are you doing? But he also came back slinging it, and they won the game and beat the Chargers at home. So they got that going for him. All right, BYU won at home. Another dominating performance from the Cougars. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from BYU players and Coach Kalani Sataki after their 45-14 wipeout of Louisiana Tech. There's a moment there you thought, maybe this will be competitive. Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech tied the game at 7 in the first quarter on a big play. And then we got to the second quarter, and honestly, it was over at halftime. 
You know it was. 28-7, to they had him beat. Let's hear first from Troy Warner. Had an interception in the game, and after that one big play, uh, BYU settled down, didn't give up any more points until Louisiana Tech got a fourth-quarter garbage uh, garbage time touchdown. Here's Troy Warner. Got to ask about that sequence. You have an interception taken away by a penalty. You have the, the, big, you know, the big one gets by and goes for a touchdown, and then you finally get that interception. What was that, that sequence like there in the first quarter for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a roller coaster for sure. Uh, you know, I got a little excited about that first one, but obviously, you know, it is what it is. And then the, I think it was like the next drive out, you know, we, we let up a big play. And uh, that starts with me, and I take full credit for it. Uh, but I'm a competitor, and it, it was a short-term memory. It's on to the next play. And, you know, I know I had to I had to come back and make a play for this team and kind of shift the momentum of the game. And uh, that's that's really all I tried to do. So that when the time came, I just, just had to seize the moment. Troy, uh, you look at after your interception, kind of what the defense did, uh, the next six straight drives, you guys forced punts. What, what does that say about – just how consistently stingy the defense has been through three games. I mean, obviously, I think just just what what we're doing as a defense speaks for itself. I mean, we pride ourselves on being a stingy defense, and this is this is ingrained into into BYU football for every year that I can remember uh, being a part of this university. And, uh, you know, we, like I said before, it's a, t- it's a defense full of guys with short-term memory. Something, if something bad happens, it's on to the next play. And we we're just striving to, uh, to be great. And uh, I felt like we did a pretty good job of dealing with adversity today. Hey, Norma. Hey, Troy. So um, as originally BYU tended to play, it's, the bulk of its toughest competition at the start of the season. And that would most of the time result in you guys being kind of banged up midway through. How has it been different uh, sort of playing, not necessarily easier games, but just not the same level of um, toughness and how that's going to help you guys make it through the whole season? Yeah, I mean, I really feel like we don't even pay attention to that. Uh, I feel like every week uh, is a new opportunity for us to get better and and to show, you know, what we're capable of doing. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of, like, just proud of the way our defense and our offense has been playing right now Um, and just the way that our coaches have prepared and just kind of the whole collective effort from everybody uh, has been really spot on. And uh, we just got to keep it going, keep it going. It can't get too high. Got to be even killing and and just keep going. Hey, Jerry, we'll take one last question from you. Roy, Kalani, Kalani talked about, about uh, how, how you do, do so much that doesn't even show up on the field. field. Uh, what, does what does that mean to hear your, your head coach, coach you know, you know, recognize those, those things, things the leadership, leadership and everything? What does, what does that, that mean to you? you? Um, obviously, that's it's, it's amazing to, to have your head coach, you know, view you in that way. Uh, but I feel like it's my responsibility. I've been, you know, I've been a starter for – uh, a few years now and and uh, you know I just feel like it's part of my part of my responsibility to to hold guys accountable to do what I can you know off the field to to make this team the best possible um, and whatever I can do to do that 
I'm more than willing to do so. And I, th- I feel like at the end of the day, it's just going to help the team be better. And that's that's the goal. We're trying to be great this year. There's Troy Warner. Now here's Gunnar Romney who had a had a good game catching the ball. I thought uh, Romney made some plays there. And uh, they're, they're spreading the ball around receivers. It's not that they have a, a star receiver, but it's mostly uh, – it's mostly Romney and uh, and Mill. Romney finished with seven catches for 101 yards, and he scored a touchdown. Here's Gunnar Romney. Gunnar, you've had three straight games with over 100 yards receiving. What do you feel like has been the key for you to, to be able to be that consistent at that high of a level? Yeah, you know, I think everything's just clicking right now. It's it's obviously not just me. It's, it's the run. One game, setting up the pass game or O-line, giving our quarterback protection. It's all the other receivers, you know, making big plays so they can't key in on one guy. And then our quarterback is just doing an amazing job of getting the ball to us right now. So I think it's all of that combined, and we're just producing big plays. Gunnar, I wanted to ask you about that, what you were talking about, Zach, putting the ball in spots. I mean, he just seems to be in rhythm and putting it in places where you guys can go get it generally. How nice is that as a receiver to have confidence that no matter what route you run, that's what you're going to be able to to expect from your quarterback. Yeah, it's it's the most fun thing as a receiver. Just it's pretty much just backyard football out there because you know he's gonna, just going to put the ball where only you can go get it, and that, that just comes with practice and communication. Like we talk about that during all during the week when we're watching films. Zach was telling me, "Hey, I'm going to throw this ball right here if they play this coverage," and that's exactly what he's been doing. And so it's it's just that trust that you build between the quarterback and receivers that that allows you to do that. So it's really fun playing like that. Hey, Gunner, you guys have been pretty dominant in all three of these games. Is it is it difficult right now to to not look ahead on the schedule and, and not imagine where you guys might be, say, in three, four weeks if you do keep winning like this? Um, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit hard, but at the same time, we always talk about it's our schedule after these games is zero and zero, and we, we go into the next game. Uh, with the same energy that we would prepare for the first game. And so you, you just, you kind of, you don't let the, you don't get a big head from the other games. You kind of have to just take, take it week by week and, and, you know, give, give your all to each opponent. Okay. We'll take a question from Norma, Jay, and then Brandon. Um, yeah, Gunnar, sorry. I just lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, but can you sort of talk on the offensive line and their performance tonight? There was a change up at center and just sort of what you saw from them and if there was anything different from the previous two games. Yeah, you know, our, our center, James MP was out uh, tonight, but Joe Tukuwafu stepped up and he did an unreal job. You know, playing playing center on this team is probably one of the hardest positions to play just because Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos, uh, they, they give so much responsibility and they have so much confidence in the line. They're, they're making calls down there that nobody hears and they're, they're making checks and stuff that, that nobody hears and nobody sees on TV. But, you know, when, when you're in, in the film room with them, you see how much work they put in. You see how much film study they do to be able to go out and perform. And they did an unreal job. You know, we started a little bit slow in the run game, but we were able to pick that right back up and we were able to, to pretty much dominate on offense all night. And that's a huge credit to the line. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go with Jared Lloyd. Gunner, I heard you joking around with it, uh, uh, with Kalani, but to have a couple of passes that have been so close and then to end up half a yard short of the end zone, <laughs> what's that like? 
Um, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you obviously, everybody wants the stats. Everybody wants to, you know, rack up the touchdowns, but we've scored on every single one of them that I've, that I've gotten close to. So it's not that big of a deal just because we're, we're winning. So I'm, I'm always a put the team first type of guy. So if we're going to score on the drive, it doesn't really matter who it is, but you know, it's, it, I don't want to be known as the guy that gets down to the one yard line and then can't put it in, you know? Do the guys give it to you? I mean, do you hear it from the guys when you're that close and don't make it? Oh yeah, they they all come back roasting and you know just oh well, you couldn't reach it six inches more, but it's it's fun out there. We're all joking around and having fun. Okay, we'll take one last question from Brandon Gurney. Yeah, last week it was Isaac Rex coming through. Uh, this week, uh, Carter Wheat making plays at the tight end. How important is it for you on the outside in the offense in general for these young tight ends to step up and make plays in the wake of uh, the loss to Matt Bushman? Oh, it's huge. They've done such an amazing job of stepping in and, you know, playing a bigger role this year with Matt being gone because Matt was a huge part of this offense. But it, it, it it's huge for us as outside receivers because, like I was saying earlier, they, defenses can't really key on anyone. You know, if they, if they try and, you know – bracket one of the, some of the receivers and the tight ends open up just like they did and they keep making plays and so they can't really they can't really focus on one group or or any of us at all so it's it's been good there's gonna romney now here's a quarterback who threw him the ball zach wilson only two incomplete passes in this game he was really good 24 of 26 325 yards two scores and he ran for three other scores Here's Zach Wilson. I just wanted to ask what it's like as a quarterback to throw a pass like the one you threw to Gunner or the one you threw to Carter in the corner that's just almost exactly perfect and see a guy go up and grab it like that. What's that like from your perspective when guys make those great catches on those well-placed throws? You know, it's satisfying. I feel like, uh, you know, the work that we put in in the offseason, the the practices leading up to this game, the talk back and forth of, hey, against this, I'm going to go here. Against this, I'm going to try and go here. And and the guys just responding. You know, I feel like we were, you know, on the same page all night. We were having a strong connection, and guys were just making plays. I was just, you know, putting the ball up there and letting guys go make plays, and they were, they were getting it done. Zach, uh, tonight you finished complete uh, completion percentage of 92.3%, 24 26 passing on the season. You're completing 84.5% of your passes. Has there ever been a time thinking back along your football career from Little League to now where you've had this level of efficiency over a three-game stretch like this? No, I, I'd probably say I haven't, you know, I haven't, you know, had that high of completion percentage in, in probably my entire career. And I think a lot of that just comes with, you know, really good coaching. I feel like my coaches have done a good job of, of being able to give me, you know, easy plays to give the receivers uh, the ability to make plays. And then, you know, every, every once in a while in a game, you got to be able to, you know, make a big time throw, uh, throw something that's maybe, maybe not planned. Um, and, that, that really comes down to the line, giving me time, the receivers getting open and, and reacting and, and me and Gunner being on the same page on a lot of them tonight. Zach, when you consider how dominant you guys have been here through three games, is it at all difficult to um, to not look ahead maybe three or four weeks and, and consider where this team could be in a month if you guys keep playing like this? 
Yeah, you know, we take it one day at a time, one game at a time. And, you know, now we're we're uh, practicing for UTSA this next week. Uh, they're a great team. We can't take anything for granted. We can't, you know, think we're anything yet. You know, we're only three games yet. We're only three games in. And, you know, we've done a great job up to this point, but it really means nothing yet. So uh, no one's going to get complacent. No one's going to look into the future and, and talk about what ifs. Uh, but we're just going to try and get it done every single day in practice. And we'll take a question from Jay Drew and then Brandon Gurney. Hey, Zach, when you got it going like you did tonight with your accuracy, do you, do you like even recognize how hot you are? You're like, for a basketball term, you're kind of in the zone. Does that, does that kind of resonate with you? Yeah, I'd say being in the zone is definitely a, a thing for a quarterback. You know, I feel like that's where you want to be. You want to be in the zone. You want to feel like uh, your confidence is at an all-time high. But really, you know, when I'm feeling in the zone, it's it's not about myself. It's about the whole team. I feel like the whole team was in the zone. I feel like I feel like anything we were trying to do tonight, we could do it. Uh, Zach, uh, James Empey's been as big of a mainstay as anyone on this team. Uh, how did Joe fill in today? Uh, I, just maybe discuss his play and what you saw from him. Yeah, James is a baller first off. And then and Joe, you know, that dude prepared like anyone like anyone could. And, and he came in and had a great week of practice. You know, he had a lot of things to focus on. And, uh, you know, he didn't let it, you know, shine in the moment. You know, he got out there and he, he balled out. He was having fun at the same time. You know, there was never a time he he seemed timid out there. He seemed uh, he seemed confident the whole game. And so I was I was proud of how he played. You know, he had great snaps all game, uh, was making some great blocks, make some great calls. And so I was just proud of how he played. Zach, you guys have been so successful when you get into that first quarter and you had the turnover on downs and I think you had to punt there at the end of the first and things maybe weren't clicking quite at the same level you guys had been used to. How big was it to respond the way you guys did and, and really kind of take control of the game there in the second quarter like you were able to do? Yeah, all offenses have short-term memory. You know, it's, you know, you have one bad play and you forget about it. You go into the next, you know, it doesn't matter. Each series you go into, it doesn't matter what happened on the series before. And so uh, the guys had energy the whole game. Bad play happened. Guys, guys were picking each other up. We had energy uh, going into every series this night, uh, tonight. So uh, just proud of how everyone responded. I thought we did a great job of everyone just coming back and, and taking advantage of the next drive that we had. Okay, Brandon, do you have one more question for Zach? I do. Uh, Zach, Carter Wheat was a guy that you seem to target early. How important is it for this offense uh, and the passing game to, for you to use these tight ends to maybe open up things on the outside? Yeah, we got ballers all over the place. You know, you can't. You can zone in on one guy. Uh, we got we got tons of guys that can make plays. Carter Carter showed that tonight. He can catch. He can run. Uh, running dudes over you know that was great uh glad he got a touchdown catch tonight that was big uh he ran a great route um you know we just we just got guys that can make plays all the way around you know it's not one person you can you can try and shut down in a game to stop us there's there's plenty of guys that can make plays there's zach wilson now here's the head coach kalani sataki yeah it's just uh happy with the win you know and um i think uh Thought's actually a good team, and uh, you know that that team had a lot of returning guys from last year that that won ten games and did some good things. But uh, I think um, you know things are really starting to click for us as a team. Obviously, there's a lot of things that we can work on and get better. But um, pleased with the effort from our boys, and pleased with the, the victory. I don't think you can uh, 
take wins for granted, you know. So um, I'm just glad that the guys controlled the game and were able to, you know, get the victory. And and and, and we were able to get some valuable reps for our, um, you know, our, our um, depth. I think it was important that they get those valuable reps. I mean, obviously we didn't get a, a stop on that one in the red zone that would like to see our guys get out of it. But I was really pleased with those guys coming out in the in the next drive and getting a turnover. So um, those things will, will matter uh, for us uh, later down the line and taking advantage of those reps is really important for our, our uh, staff and our our players. So uh, happy for the win. Things we got to work on, improve on, and there's we faced some adversity early and, and uh, which are, you know, want our game to play more more clean and, and um, mistake free. I feel like we gave up, gave up some big plays because uh, lack of, um, of discipline and uh, that happens from time to time, but you have to give credit to Louisiana Tech. They did some things to, to test us a little bit on, on with our offense and defense. And so things got a little slow for us. You have to give them a, little, a lot of credit. I don't think it's, you can sit there and say, well, we didn't do these things right. It, it was a, a collective thing where, where Louisiana Tech was able to put us in some um, difficult position and and uh, we were able to fight through the adversity and get the win. So happy for the result, but a lot of, a lot of teaching things for our coaches and our players to learn from and looking forward to learning and improving to next week. Hey, thank you. We'll take a question from Jared Lloyd, Mitch Harper, and then Josh Newman. Nice game, Kalani. I wanted to ask about that second quarter. You go into the second quarter, tied 7-7. I think you were punting the ball, if I remember right. And then the boys just responded on both sides. Talk about seeing them kind of respond to a little bit of adversity, which you guys hadn't seen a ton of yet this year. Well, I think, you know, you have to credit the guys that keep playing and they, and they get through these um, some moments where things are a little bit tight and things went really well for us the first two games. And this one, I, I think um, – you know, we're going against another team. It's not like we, we get to do whatever we want. We, we have a, a team in Louisiana Tech that's that's got a lot of experience and, and they have, uh, you know, they have great coaches on their side that, that get their guys ready. So I think um, they did some things that that, that uh, put us, you know, in an in, uh, uncomfortable position, but we, we responded well. And uh, obviously you'd like to respond quicker and have everything go cleanly for us. But I don't think you go into this game thinking that you're just going to, demolish everybody that's out there you 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 hope that that happens but you know that you're going against 11 guys and, and well-coached team on the other side and so uh i'm just glad the guys were able to stick with the game plan and and eventually as we start working through it we were able to establish our identity and, and establish a run game and a pass game and then on defense we're able to limit their big plays which allowed us to, to get the ball back to our offense and let zach and the boys do the rest and put points up on the scoreboard Lonnie, a new face along the offensive line tonight with James out. Uh, Joe Tukoff, who steps in at center. How does it? How satisfying is it just to to get this dominant win when you have some new faces along that that offensive front? I'm so happy for Joe. Um, you know, he, we knew that uh, it would be a game time decision for James. And uh, James is a tough kid. You know, he had that er injury early in the game last week. And I think he, he really wanted to play. But we felt really good about Joe's preparation throughout the week. And he was able to step up, man. He, he played a great game. And so really proud of him. Uh, you know, it's been a long time. I mean, he, that guy was a tight end, you know, and, and able to get some good snaps and, and, and play some solid ball up front and, and be able to lead the O-line. I, I thought I was was really pr proud of his performance and credit to coach Mateos and coach Grimes getting that O-line ready and a huge credit to the rest of the guys that, that, um, 
you know, made it easy for him. I mean, it helps out having that much experience around him. But, you know, we're hoping to, to get James back as soon as possible. But it, it's nice that when we go to our depth in, in a lot of different positions, we have quality guys that can step in there and take over and then really um, go without missing a beat. I don't think uh, you, you saw a huge from it wasn't a huge drop off from James to, to Joe. And that's huge credit for Joe being ready. <clears throat> Hey, Kalani, um, you know, you've seen what you guys have done over three games. You guys have been pretty dominant. Is it tough to not look ahead and maybe think about what this team and what this season could be down the road if you guys keep winning? All we're focused on right now is learning from this game. And and I'm going to give you the coach's talk because it's really important for our guys and, and for this generation to understand that we cannot look past anything except for the game that's coming up next and learning from the mistakes that we made here and then praise them for the things that they did well. So we would like to do be consistent with the things that we're doing well. We'd like to improve on some of the things that we made mistakes on, but uh, also understanding that, that uh, Louisiana Tech made some plays uh, and, and, you know, looked, looked good at moments. For, and we were able to I thought we were able to make them a little bit more one one dimensional on offense and and uh, defensive our offense was able to take advantage of some plays on and some chunk yardage on on, on their defense and um, just really happy with the whole, the whole overall performance of our team in all three phases but we're going to keep these guys humble and hungry. That's the key. They, they need to keep working for this next week. And we still have a lot to prove. There's a lot more football to be played and a lot more room for improvement between now and next week's game. And we have to get see those, uh, some, a lot of things improve quickly. And so that's what we're going to focus on. We're not looking past anything, especially this year. You know, you just never know what's going to happen with football. So focus on, on the next opponent and learn from this game. Hey, we'll take a question from Norma Gonzalez and Jay Drew and then uh, Jared Lloyd. Hey, Coach. So if anyone had sort of been missing on Zach Wilson, he's definitely on everyone's radar now. What do you have to say about his performance tonight? Just shooting 24 of 26 and just being super dominant. You ran the ball well, too. By the way, I like your mask, Norma. That's, that <laughs> made me you. smile. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, you know, I, we've, been really, we've been really excited to get Zach going. And when things are clicking, we've seen him do it in spurts. And, and, and I think part of it was a little bit of him growth just to progress as he started learning as a true freshman to a true sophomore to now in his third year, overcoming some injuries we just know that when you have a guy with a great work ethic and um and and, and he's willing to sacrifice a lot to, for his teammates um you know it becomes a natural thing for everybody to want to follow him and eventually with his work ethic and, and his dedication to this game it's going to pay off and so um yeah, I'm glad that we were able to give him some time. I'm glad that our coaches worked a great scheme. I love what Coach Grimes and his staff is doing on the offensive side of the ball, utilizing all the different personnel. We saw a lot of guys grow up in this game and make some big-time plays, um, not just with the ball in their hands. We saw some great blocking, great fundamental football, and, and that's a huge part of it is, is being able to have a quarterback that leads the way with his work ethic. Everybody else is going to follow. Really happy with what Zach did, though. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. Just following up on that, Kalani, Zach's receivers made, and tight ends, made some really phenomenal catches. Do you think that was kind of contagious once uh, one great catch was made? Yeah, and, you know, Jay, they've been doing that in practice. I mean, we've seen it over and over and over again and just giving them those opportunities to make those plays, you know. And I think um, – 
we have we have a, a deep team that that a lot of guys can make plays. And what I like about it is a lot of guys make blocks downfield and, and do the little things right, and then they believe in, in each other. So as, as we keep working as a team, and you know, it's it's not just one person making the play, catch or making the touchdown. It's it's all the little things that you see the details of the of everyone's assignment out there. Everyone doing their one eleventh allows this team to to you know make plays, and all that does is confirm what they're doing. Like everyone does does their one the one eleventh, and it all works out. <clears throat> and so if we can keep doing that and keep trusting each other, keep trusting the coaches, I think that we can continue to find more consistency and and finding ways to keep putting points on the board and and getting more momentum on. on on our team. I mean, I, I like the way everyone responded to what was going on on the field, um, defense, offense, and special teams, and, and saw a lot of guys grow up. I was so proud of so many players in this game and really looking forward to praising those guys, but then also um, teaching them so we can get better. Well, Lonnie, I know you have great relationships with a lot of players, but uh, and Troy Warner's been around the program for a long time. What did it mean for you and even for the whole team to see him get that pick and finally be able to, to get a takeaway? Yeah, I mean, the first one was taken away because of the offsides penalty, and I'm really disappointed in some of the, the, the lack of discipline that we had. We had a little bit, a few hiccups along the way. You know, we had some penalty. I, don't know exactly what the penalty number was, but uh, we're a lot better than that. And 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 what was really bad about it is that we took away a turnover from him. So being able to get it back again was good. And it came at the right time for us. We needed we need a spark. And you know we just knew that um, sometimes those DBs they don't get tested and and no one remembers them. I mean some of the things that Chris Wilcox does as a, as a corner and no, you, you, when it's quiet that, that that means the DB did his job. You know, and that's been happening a little bit for. Troy and some of the others insane, but um, I just like the fact that they were able to make plays after giving up a big run, a big, um, I think it was a screen, you know, and, and Harris, that receiver, he can make people miss, man, and and and, and he made us look foolish on that play, you know, and, and he did it on some of his returns, too, so he's 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 lightning on the field, and, and we, we need to be more fundamental with our angles and our tackling, but, man, I just... <clears throat> Overall, I just I'm so happy for Troy and the things that he was able to do. You know, I, I've been he's been around here every every day that I've been at a head coach. He's been with me as a player. So he came here mid year as a you know as a freshman, true freshman, and was with his brother. And, and man, he he did a lot of things for us as a true freshman. Started for us at corner, played a lot of different positions. The one thing that he's always been able to do, even as a true freshman, is be a great leader for our team. And um, I think it helps having a, a brother like Fred that, that is a great leader also. But I think he it was easy for him to transition into that 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 role and just been so proud of him. Man. I, he's doing so many things for us. He just the stuff you see on the field is just only part of what he the value that he brings to us is so much more than that. And the leadership and the, just the small things that nobody sees off the field has been huge for our program and for me as a head coach um, I'm in his debt for the things that he's willing to do for our players and you see these these freshmen and sophomores and young guys on the defensive backfield grow up a lot of it has to do with his leadership and so really really thankful that he's on our team and the things that he's doing for us as a leader has been amazing <clears throat> Mitch, do you have another question for Coach? Yeah, Kalani, a three-sack night for Tyler Batty, a, a true freshman. Are we looking at one of the next best or great pass rushers for BYU? Yes. 
He's going to be really good. That's what we, you know, the hardest part about Tyler Batty is that I had to wait for his mission to be complete. And so really excited to get him back here. And, and he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Tough kid, raised really tough, just loves playing football and has energy. And so I think uh, you have to credit the D-line for all their hard work. I mean, we did a lot of a lot of three-man rush, you know, because we can. You know, and, and, and we, we we made some things difficult for, for La Tech. That's an explosive offense. They got some yards, but I, I thought the a lot of the bulk of their yards on those two drives were the key for our guys. And we had some backups in there. They had to learn how to how to get off out of drives and, and learn some valuable lessons in, 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 in the game, you know. And, and so, but Batty has been the guy that's been strong and been ready to roll, roll from the very beginning. Really excited about him and really excited about a lot of things I'm seeing from the defensive front with Kyrus, Bracken, you know, Zach. I mean, we've got a lot of guys I feel like can play. Lorenzo, you know, seeing some, some things that Caden Haas is doing too. And then we have Earl Mariner. So we have a good group of guys that saw Saletti do some things and we're able to see Peyton and 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 uh, Max Tooley do some things as, in the hybrid role. So uh, a lot of that is because the, the leadership we're seeing from the D D line. And give credit to Coach Tuyaki; he knows what he's doing with the D line, and that's a hard thing to do to create pressure with a three man rush. And we were able to do get it done. And Batty, got, I mean, he had three sacks himself. Wow, what a selfish kid! I love it. So, as long as he keeps doing that, we're going to be fine. But that that the, the sacks belong to the D line, and I, I love the fact that he's out there to, to maximize his potential and make some big plays. We knew we were getting something special with him when we recruited you mentioned him. Mentioned earlier that the team's starting to click. Uh, what, what's the biggest cause of this team kind of falling in line and starting to click, in your opinion? Just all the guys, man. It's just, it's just. Letting the players just run the show, it's been really fun. And as a, as a, for me as a head coach, to be the guide on the side. And, um, you know, it's, it's so thankful. I'm so thankful that before I could say anything, the players are already saying it. And, and, and you know, the leaders are already taking over practice before I say something that cor- to correct someone. It's already been handled. The players are already on top of it. And uh, these guys are working really well together. You know, we just got to keep this thing rolling. And, man, I just – I'm really excited. Looking forward to, to the next game and want to get to the film. But, I mean, it just – when we see a lot of these guys growing up and, and, and take control of this program, it's going to be a beautiful thing. There's BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, we'll look ahead to the next game. Well, not the next game. Uh, the first game in November, so it's a month away. Uh, with the Boise State Broncos, with B.J. Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. That's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK and I spoke with BJ Rains uh, late in the show on Friday. He writes for the Idaho Press Tribune, uh, covers Boise State, and of course the Broncos and BYU are going to play in a month. And the way BYU is going, they're, they're rolling a bunch of teams. Maybe Houston. I don't know. Houston hasn't played a game yet. If not Houston, then BYU is going to be undefeated uh, when they play Boise State. That's the only team that looks like they have a chance to derail BYU. And since they haven't played a game yet, we're going on rep. 
I don't even know that they will. So there's a good chance BYU could be undefeated for this Boise State game. How good are the Broncos? Uh, they got some guys back. They got some guys to replace. They have new guys, the positions where they have guys back. Here's BJ Reigns with PKNI. BJ, good morning. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Well, the Mountain West schedule is out, so we know that the Broncos are opening with Utah State, who they've beaten four in a row and 16 out of 17, kind of only Aggies. And then in the third week, they're going to play the Cougars in what has turned into a pretty good series of games here. A lot of one possession, actually several one-point games. And so I guess with two of the first three against teams right here in our backyard, the first question is, is Boise State... Uh, and last year was the best year they probably had in six or seven, a twelve and two for the first time since 2014. Are they going to sustain that level? Or are they going to be really, really good again? It's tough to say. I mean, I take the cop out answer, but we haven't had a chance to see any practice. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's been a little tough from that standpoint. They've really got one key issue, and that could will probably decide the course of their season. And that's you know both sides of the line. Uh, it's you know cliche to say it all starts up front and all that kind of stuff, but really for Boise State, they lost four of their five offensive line starters and they lost all four of their defensive line starters. They've got pretty much everybody else back. They've got the quarterback, running back, receivers for the most part, tight end, um, but they got to replace four offensive line starters, including both guys on the left side of the line that are in the NFL right now, and then uh, two guys in the defensive line went to the NFL as well. So you're talking four NFL caliber players on the offensive and defensive lines that they have to replace. If they can figure that out and, you know, they claim they have a lot of young guys that are, that are ready and waiting for their chance and, you know, you have to trust their recruiting and their pedigree and their history that they've got guys that are ready to step in. And if that's the case, um, then, yeah, they should be pretty good again. But uh, if they struggle on the line, if Bachmeyer, the quarterback, takes some of the hits he took last year and gets injured again, and they have to move down the depth chart there, then, then you know, all kinds of problems could start. But uh, they're they're – they're pretty confident they're going to have a pretty good season. They were the runaway favorite before all this hit to win the Mountain West in the media poll. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, eight games, I don't see why 7-1 and one or 8-0 and oh shouldn't be the goal for them. As we look at Boise, I mean, it's just obvious that they seem to be, uh, at least if not loaded, experienced at the other positions, but the, the two lines. And it does make me a little bit nervous because if I'm looking for places where I want to have experience, like BYU, it's going to be quarterback and offensive line. And that might be the, the places where I choose that the most. Uh, you've yep. around this program, uh, how much do you take them at their face value that they've got guys who can come in from an offensive line perspective? And also, too, not just come in and play, but play together. How much experience do they have playing together? Well, probably a lot on the second and third string the last year or two from some of these guys, but uh, so maybe that helps. But they brought in a grad transfer from Rice. Uh, he's going to probably start at the other tackle position. Uh, the one guy they bring back was right tackle, and they're moving him over to left tackle. Um, and then they've got some guys that had a couple starts last year when other guys were injured. So it's not like these guys have never played. But I agree with you. I mean, offensive line is a huge question mark for this team, and they seem to have this cycle where they have – this has happened three or four times, you know, in the seven or eight years that I've been here where they'll have, you know, uh, three or four seniors all graduate at once or three or four guys leave at once. And then they have, you know, a big group of sophomores and they come in and get better and better and they're all seniors and they all leave. And so they have this kind of song and dance every couple of years. They, they never really lose one guy. It seems like they lose three or four when they do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, Brad Bedell, the offensive line coach, 
dealt with this when he first got here a couple years ago when that group took over. Same kind of thing happening now with these guys leaving. And, you have, you know, it's not just losing four starters. It was four, you know, three-year starters. And two guys, like I said, you know, a second-round pick and another guy that's on the practice squad with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I mean, you're talking about – um, you know, two NFL guys on the, at left tackle and left guard that you have to replace. And that was one of the issues with Hank Bachmeyer, the quarterback last year, was he took too many hits and got injured, two different injuries. So, um, you know, I'll say this, though. The offensive line actually, for as good as it's been, or is, uh, you know, senior-laden, I guess you could say, as it was last year, really didn't play that great for a good chunk of the season. And they maybe had too high of expectations to live up to. So I think this year going in, the expectations are going to be a lot lower for that group, which may make it easier for them if there's not enough pressure or anything to, to, to for you know, that they were, no one's really expecting them to be great up front to start the year. So maybe that helps them. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think defensive line is going to be key too. They've had, you know, Curtis Weaver was a Mountain West all-time sacks leader. He was a fifth-round pick. Uh, they had a nose tackle that uh, is on the practice squad with the Atlanta Falcons. Two other guys, you know, that, that had a lot of tackles for loss and seniors that are gone too. So, I mean, they, they have, you know, they have a Utah transfer, Jackson Cravens. That's one of the guys they're expecting to step in, actually, as a starter on the defensive line. But they, um, you know, they got some holes there to fix too. So that's kind of why I opened this segment by saying that's going to be the the key for this team. If they if the guys they have are are as good as ready as they claim, then they'll be fine. But if they struggle on the offensive line, and you know they have a thousand yard rusher eleven years in a row, it's the longest streak in the nation. Uh, if they can keep that going this year and block and get get that back, they're going to be fine. But if not, you know they're going to have some problems. So Boise State goes twelve and two last year. They lost the bowl game. The only regular season loss was to BYU. Bachmeyer couldn't play in that game. Odd that both BYU and Boise State had to play three different quarterbacks and won games with each of the three quarterbacks that they started last year. Uh, how does the quarterback position stack up this year? Is Bachmeyer going to be the guy, and is he going to make staying healthy a priority? Yeah, and, that, and that's a huge key. You know, they did bring in – it was kind of an odd move all around, and we're still not sure why it happened, but they – Jack Sears, who was a former nice. like five-star recruit from uh, USC, uh, they brought him in as a grad transfer, and he's got two years of eligibility left, I guess three if you count the fact that this year doesn't count now. Um, so – I don't know why, you know, I, we still haven't been able to find out from Jack Sears really what his reasoning was. Um, he was third or fourth string on the USC depth chart, um, decided to grad transfer out, and, and uh, he came to Boise. Hank Bachmeyer's a starter. I don't think there's any question about that, but whether it's Chase Cord or Sears, they like, you know, making packages and getting other guys involved for plays here and there. So I would suspect you'll see multiple quarterbacks get in get in most games for them. But Hank Bachmeyer's a starter. He's the guy in his first game last year as a true freshman, went on the road and, you know, led a 19-point comeback at Florida State. Um, you know, the guy's a, a heck of a player, but like I said, he's just – he's almost, uh, you know, too comfortable in the pocket and too willing to run and too willing to hang on to the ball where he just gets rocked sometimes. So there's a couple of pictures in that Florida State game where they hit him so hard his you know, helmet came off. I mean, it was – it was scary at times, and it sure enough, it led to a, an injury when he was running. I hurt his hip uh, against Hawaii and then had a shoulder injury as well. And, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if they were worried he was going to transfer. Or I, I still haven't been able to get an answer, but he didn't play for like the last six weeks of the season. His mom was tweeting, that she, you know, why can't all the quarterbacks play at one point in the championship game? And she was unhappy he wasn't playing. Um, and he went from not playing for like six weeks. Their third stringer comes in and is like 4-0 and and is playing great. And all of a sudden they get to the bowl game, and out of nowhere, Bachmeyer comes back and makes a surprise start, his first appearance in like seven weeks, and he's really rusty and they lose pretty badly. A lot of people thought they should have stuck with the uh, other quarterback that had been winning for him the last four games of the season. They went back with Bachmeyer, 
still not exactly sure why, considering he hadn't played in a long time. If he was healthy, I guess they thought he was a starter for a reason. But, um, you know, so that was a weird ending to his season, not playing well in the bowl game after playing pretty much, um, you know, he's pretty much unbeatable the rest of the games he started. They won every game. So, um, yeah, you mentioned that BYU game, 28-25, their only regular season loss by three points. And if you guys remember, it was raining. It was cold. It was windy. It was just a, a dreadful night. It was horrible the weather. And they lose by three points, and they may win that game if they don't get the fourth down there with like two minutes left or whatever. It was just an amazing game, but that was it for the whole season. You know, Boise State was that that game and a play or two here and there in that game from being you know right there in the mix, if not the leader for the Group of Five spot in the uh, uh, you know in the in the Fiesta Bowl or whatever game it was last year, and that that was the game that really kept them out. I mean, if they if they don't lose that game to BYU, they're probably the, the, the team with, with the way it all worked out. I mean, they would have been ahead. They were already ahead of Memphis and may have stayed ahead of them in the rankings. So um, that game still stings to a lot of Boise State fans and obviously losing to their old coach, Chris Peterson, Washington, and the bowl game stings too. But uh, long answer to your question, but I think Bachmeyer is the starter. He's the guy, assuming he's healthy. And if he can improve up what he did last year and with his footwork and some things, he could be you know pretty special for him in the next couple of years. So BYU really wanted to play this game that's scheduled that first weekend in November, and they're very excited to get it because they need a little jolt to their schedule, and you know they've got big plans. See if it works out. What is the Boise State perspective as far as the excitement level on this game? Oh, they like it. I mean, I think they're disappointed. There's not going to be any fans. I mean, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the whole Louisville Kentucky rivalry in basketball where they wanted to yeah. switch it to a neutral site game this year because there's no fans and Calipari. You know, uh, you know, Louisville didn't think that was fair. Where the one year they don't have fans, it's their home game, and so we yeah, have. I think Boise State fans are a little, you know, I've seen that on Twitter some where it's like, okay, the one year where there's no fans, we're giving up our home game for it, where it really doesn't mean anything, and then you know there'll be a packed house again next year back in Provo. So it is what it is. It's the way the schedule worked out. Um, the Mountain West was kind of in a bind. Uh, Air Force was uh, already had the Army scheduled that week. There's 12 teams in the Mountain West, so if Air Force isn't playing. There's only 11, so one team either had to not play or find another game to play that week. And so it just made the most sense. It happened to be the same weekend the game was originally scheduled. There's no uh, game yet on the schedule for for BYU. And if you guys remember, that game was actually a Friday night game on the original schedule the night before November 6th. Fox Sports 1, I believe, was going to nationally televise it. And there still is the potential, and I would say it's probably likely if I had to guess, that game gets bumped up to Friday. Uh, because um, it, it said in the Mountain West release that a lot of the games could still move from Thursday to Friday and that that would be coming out in the next week or so. Um, and, and since that game was previously scheduled for a Friday, I'm not sure what changed, but I would assume there's still a good likelihood that Fox Sports 1 gets a nationally televised Friday game and they still play that on Friday. But, no, they're excited about it. It's a big game up here. And as you guys mentioned, the one-point game, the one-possession games, there was a, a game, you know, the, the whole – you know, one of my first years on the beat was the whole manga miracle game where you had the heave, you know, with 40 seconds left, and then, uh, and then you know, you had the, there was a blocked kick in one of the games in Boise, or it was a one-point game. You go all the way back to 2012, the seven to six game with the defensive touchdown. I mean, it's every game you kind of throw out the records, and it's a great game. And, and uh, certainly with the way BYU is playing, I thought it was ridiculous if they won by was it 40 points and then they get dropped four spots in the rankings. Uh, because they're, they're adding in all the other teams now. I thought that was ridiculous for, for BYU to, for that to happen. But they're obviously a top 25 team right now and playing well. And that'll be a quality win for, for either team if they're able to get it. So I think it's a good game for both sides. So you mentioned the game might be on Fox. People are used to watching uh, Boise State on ESPN, and the conference has a new deal for more money. 
Uh, but with CBS and Fox, are people pretty bitter about that in Boise, or are they, or are they rolling with it? Yeah, it's, yeah, mixed result, mixed mixed bag. I mean, um, they, they, they've always had CBS Sports. CBS Sports has always done the conference road games for Boise State, and then the home games were all done uh, by ESPN. So, yeah, it'll be very weird to not have them on ESPN, not be talked about, you know, as much probably on college game day and things like that. Um, that's certainly going to be weird, but they got more money, and as part of the deal, some of the games are going to be on regular Fox and regular CBS. So they're going to get some you know bigger nationally televised games out of it probably one or two a year, and then the trade-off is being on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2 maybe for some of these games. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It was a bigger – it was more money. It was, a, you know, I think triple the money they were getting before. So, um, as they were, you know, this is, you know, as much as everybody's hurting for money and stuff, and this was really pre-pandemic, they, they you know, they, they didn't really have a choice. They, they got to take the bigger deal, and that's what was offered to them. But, yeah, it's just – you know, ESPN is kind of what built Boise State, playing these, you know, Thursday night games all these years and all this kind of stuff to get the attention and – Chris Peterson has said that, that the Boise State wouldn't be who they are without ESPN. So to see the fact that they may not have any games on ESPN other than like a road game at BYU or a road game where a conference you know, has it is, is going to be odd. I mean, they were supposed to play Florida State this year, guys, in Boise. Uh, in pre-pandemic, the plan was for that game to be the big noon kickoff. So it was going to start at 10 a.m. in Boise. The big noon kickoff, and they were going to have that pre-game show with Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush and all of them were going to be in Boise. And it was going to be a huge deal that to kick off the new contract with Fox to have you know big Fox nationally televised game on a Saturday at you know New Eastern, and then that all went down the wayside. So there's potential for some big games like that for them to get on regular ESPN or regular Fox, regular CBS. But it's going to be weird, no doubt about it, to not have ESPN, um, you know, doing the games. But I guess if it means we get Gus Johnson in the Boise press box doing a, doing a game at some point, I guess we'll be okay with that. BJ, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully we'll check in with you again with uh, Boise State playing a couple local teams here in the first three weeks of the season. Thanks a lot. Yeah, anytime. You guys got the number. Be happy to join you. Appreciate you having me on. There's BJ Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.